Are you gonna kill my mommy? Are you gonna kill me? Those are the questions that seven-year-old Bria Renee asked three gunmen that broke into their home, threw them on the floor, and bounded them with duct tape. This story you're gonna hear is something you would see out of a movie. Now this case is pretty tragic and intense, but let's dive into the case of Michelle Renee, the mom who was forced to rob a bank to save her daughter's life. Michelle Renee and her daughter was relaxing in their home when she said that her daughter heard something outside of the house. She claimed that she saw someone moving around outside the window, and the intruder that was outside the window noticed that the little girl had seen him outside. That's when the intruders made their move the next day. So in the following day, three masked gunmen broke down her door. They threw Michelle and her daughter Bria to the ground and bounded them with duct tape. And these intruders were armed, and they told Michelle if she didn't do what they said, then her and her daughter would die. So the gunmen entered their house and they took their time explaining why they were there. So Michelle Renee was a manager at the bank that she worked and the kidnappers knew that. They told her that they've been watching her for months. They know that she's the manager of the bank and that she's gonna have to do what they tell her to do. Now there was one masked man that did most of the talking and he appeared to be the ringleader. They knew where she worked and that they wanted her to rob the bank the next morning. Now you may ask yourself, how are you gonna get someone to rob the bank for you without the authorities being alerted? Well, the intruders came prepared because what they planned to do was to strap explosive devices on the back of Michelle and the daughter Bria. So the kidnappers held them hostage all night and they went over the game plan for the bank robbery. The next morning, the men strapped what they said was dynamite on Michelle and her daughter Bria. The intruders then showed Michelle what looked like a doorbell, but the kidnappers told her that it was a detonation advice. And if she messed up, then they could set off the dynamite at any time. And according to Michelle, the ringleader told them, and I quote, if you try to run, you will disintegrate. If you try any funny business, you will all be killed. I can just imagine how scary that is to hear during this whole situation. Especially when you have your daughter there in the same predicament, knowing that she can get killed for your mistakes. The amount of fear and stress that she must have been going through this day must have been crazy. So in that morning, Michelle Renee drove her Jeep to the bank with the ringleader crouched in the back seat. Now with the dynamite still strapped to her back, Michelle waited for the Brinks truck. Now she had her usual briefcase, but it was still stuffed with a duffel bag. She was instructed to fill with the money from the vault. Once the Brinks trucks arrived, she grabbed her briefcase and went into the vault. She put all the money into the duffel bag as fast as she could. And then a few minutes later, Michelle Renee walked out of the bank with $360,000 and handed it to the ringleader, who was still waiting in the back of her Jeep. He told her where to drive, took the money, and said, go straight home. Do not go to the bank. Do not call the cops. Nothing. Michelle Renee rushed home and found her daughter Bria and their roommate unharmed. The men have removed the dynamite from their backs and they left the house, but the ringleader had forgotten the dynamite that was on Michelle's back. And if you don't think this is crazy enough, the supposed dynamite was actually fake. It turned out to be nothing more than cut up broomsticks that were painted red and strapped with wires and tape to make it look like real dynamite. But investigators would later ask Michelle to return to the house and walk them through the events of the night and the break-in. Now luckily for Michelle, she actually recognized the ringleader's eyes and she remembered that he had been in the bank hours before the break-in, posing as a customer. He had talked to Michelle about opening a new account and had even left his business card. Now after the robbery happened, she told investigators to check 
check her desk and to get that card. The name on the card was Christopher Butler. And on the card, it said he specialized in nightclub, photography, weddings, special events, and more. With inspection of that card, police were able to find the actual ringleader, which was Christopher Butler, and a female he was with, Lisa Ramirez. They were both arrested during a traffic stop on December 1st, which was about a week and a half after the robbery took place. In the trunk and the glove compartment of the car, police found some damning evidence, including Michelle's credit cards, money straps from the bank, a BB gun that looked like a real gun, the duffel bag they used to carry the money out of the bank, black clothing, and ski mask. Now during the robbery, Michelle said that the ringleader was talking to someone on a walkie-talkie and it had a female voice. That female voice was believed to be Lisa Ramirez, who was sitting in a vehicle outside the house. Now during the police interview, Chris Butler denied having any part of the bank robbery and he even tried to protect the female Lisa Ramirez, but Lisa implicated Butler and the other suspects. So when Butler tried to save Lisa and protect her by not saying anything, Lisa on the other hand was telling them everything and gave up all of the suspects to cut herself a deal. She even told the police that it was her idea to use fake dynamite and to kidnap the bank manager to commit the robbery. The other intruder was Christopher Huggins and the investigators did recover $93,000 which was his share of the stolen cash. And then the fourth suspect, Robert Ortiz. And evidence showed that he was also the connection that helped the men acquire the guns. Now, when it came to the trial, Butler and Ramirez would be tried together in the first of the two trials. And Michelle thought that there was so much evidence, there was no way that this trial was not going to be a slam dunk. But the defense lawyer had a strategy, and what he planned to do, in his words, was destroy the victim. What was your strategy going into trial? My strategy was to beat the hell out of the victim. Because the defense wanted to say that Michelle was actually involved with the robbery and that she basically orchestrated it. And despite all the evidence and the details in this case, the jury cannot come up with a verdict because some jurors actually believed Butler and they believed his story was true, that Michelle actually orchestrated the robbery or at least had a part in it. Obviously everyone was mind boggled and Michelle was really upset about it because she felt like she was being treated like a criminal and not a victim. But thankfully the prosecutors retried the case and they were able to get him found guilty on all charges. Lisa Ramirez, however, the female that was in the car, basically got off scot-free and she was able to walk away a free woman because the jury found her not guilty on all counts. I just know that has to be frustrating because Lisa did admit that the dynamite and the robbery was her idea mostly. So the fact that she faced no jail time and got all scot-free is pretty frustrating. But Christopher Butler and his other accomplices have all been found guilty and they are currently still in prison. If you have any thoughts on this case or any information that I forgot to mention, you can drop them in the comments below. You can hit the thumbs up if you guys enjoyed the content. If you want to see more documentaries and videos like this, then hit that thumbs up. Thank you for watching and I'll see you guys next time.